I'm Amarachi Crystal, and you're listening to Life by Amarachi Podcast, where I and my guests share our life experiences and inform you from an analytical and mental health perspective. Make sure you subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes I upload. Subscriptions are now on a monthly basis for as low as 99 cents per month to as high as $9.99 per month. Donations are also welcome through the support link on Linktree and Cash App. If you cannot financially support, share the podcast with your community to grow the podcast listenership. Don't forget to leave a comment or review and a voice message that can be highlighted on an episode. All subscriptions, donations, voice messages, and episode links will be in the show notes. Hello, hello. How are you feeling today? How are you feeling today, honestly? If I could hear how you all are feeling, that would just do me some good, honestly. If you guys are feeling like I'm feeling, especially my Black brothers and sisters, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of... (sighs) I don't even want to get into it. Y'all know what the hell I'm tired of. (laughs) I'm so exhausted of this entire freaking world sometimes. But on a personal, personal, very minute and personal place, I'm optimistic. I'm always sort of very optimistic anyway in general. Even when I'm going through depressive moments, there's a glimmer of optimism that just rests in my soul, that rests in my head, that rests in my heart, that keeps me going and pushing and chugging from day to day. An hour to hour sometimes. <laughs> and literally, I'm taking a day to day. Today was not that much of a struggle. I did have a struggle around last week, but it's not that bad right now. And although I am feeling super stagnant, and the stagnation just comes from whether or not I feel as if I'm wasting my time, I'm wasting my talent. And I'm not being blessed with accomplishments. But then I have to think of how far I've gotten, you know, from since I can remember being ye old to the age I am today. And I have to say, yes, I've accomplished a lot. It may not look like everyone else's accomplishment. And yes, I'm still battling the feeling of comparing myself to people because to where you're comparing yourself to other people and then punishing yourself for not meeting up to their standards, for not meet, matching up to their accomplishments. My mind does that a lot, especially when I'm just already doubting myself and how far I've gone, especially when it comes down to my career. But that glimmer of optimism is what keeps me going. It keeps me really honing on to what I do best as Being a creative, I'm a creative person. I'm always creating something. And even if, yes, I may not get paid for all of which I create, I may not 
get flow of money just, you know, being thrown at me like a Nigerian wedding, I am still happy that I could rest within my creativity. I will never get bored of the life that I live because I create all the time. Why do I have to compare how much I make with the worth and value of what I do? I really hate that. And I know it's the system that we live in that's making me think this way, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking this way, right? I'm sure there's plenty of you guys out there also thinking this way. Comparing your worth and your value to the amount of money that's in your bank account. I'm not the only one, right? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Well, this episode is going to be about that. Today's episode is going to be about life of a conscious creative in this entire capitalist world. I swear to you, I'm still trying to navigate it, but they make it hard. They make it hard for us, honestly. So the story behind this episode goes a little bit like this. After deciding to take my healing journey seriously and start therapy, including deciding to go into entrepreneurship as a childcare provider and artist, I started to question my relationship with money and what kind of business person I wanted to be. I am aiming to get to a space where I can understand my true relationship with money and how or where it conflicts with my idea of purpose, success, and security. I began to think deeper into this capitalist society that puts economy and economic status over basic human needs and humanity. I wanted to define where I stood between humanity, the system I'm living in, and what kind of career I want for myself that doesn't require taking advantage and being inconsiderate of other human beings. And most of all, I'm not someone who wants to be rich, but at the same time, I want to enjoy the luxury of life, like having a true stable home where I don't have to worry about losing it. I want to travel and see the world without worrying of cost and accommodation. I also want to be able to rest without worry of not making ends meet. This system has been set up where rest, a need, is seen as a luxury. That doesn't sit right with me. So this episode is to continue to explore what it's like to be a very conscious human being in a capitalist society. And is there a way to be secure in self and finances without selling your soul and harming others in the process of wanting to gain stability? So in the next segment, you're going to hear a discussion between myself and a true and kind and very close friend of mine where we just chat about being two women of color creatives who are in the beginnings of exploring what it means to be an entrepreneur in this capitalist world while still holding closely to our consciousness. So listening to how we navigate from two different perspectives of being conscious in a capitalist world. 
Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like we're finally connected. Yeah, so let's begin. Oh, how are you today, Karen? I'm feeling great. I have had a really productive day despite this not so happy cloudy weather. Uh, I totally understand that. You and I always have conversations about life in general, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we are both in the same space with navigating how to be a part of a capitalist system that mm-hmm. doesn't really quite agree with the way we process because we're more community-based people. Um, my friend just sent me this link today, actually, and it just aligned with what we're talking about. But basically, it's a, it's a video by Vogue from about eight months ago during the pa- like well we're still in pandemic times but like early pandemic times mm-hmm. um and basically they're talking about james floyd they're talking about what's going on in the world and health and how it all coincides with fashion mm-hmm. and it all and then like it was so funny because i like i love i love the video like it's cool to see people who actually care about what's going on now and like seeing like hey like my work can actually contribute to society the way we live how the way we interact with one another like let's shift our processes and Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god i literally responded to my friends like i'm so happy you guys are all here but you're late (laughs) like I literally was like you're late I've been thinking about this stuff since I was like high school you know and I remember even being in a like I was literally in an illustration class it was my first uh uh, one of my first classes or first semester at FIT Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the professor's name but like I had finished my assignment early I was so proud of it and like I had, and she decided to use my project as an example of like what not to do in class and like what Mm. not to do in work or or fashion. And one of her call outs was that, that all of the, my illustrations should have had a similar style and look, but Mm. you know what, but you know what, the only thing that was different about the illustrations was that each girl was of different ethnicity. So I had a black girl, an Asian girl, and I think I had a white girl. So I yeah. had like three different, you know, because we only had three models. That was it. But so I only mm-hmm. I, I showed three different types of women with yeah. different hairstyles, but the same clothing aesthetic, like the, the design was similar um, collection. Yeah. And she was like, oh, no, like it should all look the same. Well, and so she like, she's basically pointing out about like the models she looks the same. Yeah, she was basically she was saying like the hairstyle, like the hairstyle. Oh, at least the hairstyle. Okay. okay, And there's no and the skin tone, like everything like about the model itself should have had a similar storyline, meaning they should have probably been all the same race. So I literally said this in class and I don't know why I don't speak like this as often anymore. Like I don't blurt out shit, but I literally (laughs) was like, what's wrong with diversity? Oh, nice. <laughs> and we're in a class full of people from different countries, yeah. different backgrounds. It's like everyone in the class is not necessarily from a, a, a white American, you know, like it's mm-hmm. like all types of people. And you're literally telling the whole class that like when you draw for fashion and to be in the fashion industry, your work should have a linear storyline and yeah. that all the girls should look the same. But that's old fashioned. 
Exactly. And that was and it's not it's not only even old fashioned, it's very white supremacist. <laughs> like that's a very white supremacist way of thinking. Right. And this know? is fifteen years ago. In like yeah. 05. It is now 2021 and it's only till 2020 that they launched this video uh, at Vogue talking about, oh, like let's support diversity, let's support mm-hmm. uh the narrative of different cultures and body types and gender expression i was like y'all are motherfucking late (laughs) it's really late and oh just to kind of touch on to those who may not know what your career is yeah so for the last um 15 years i've been in the fashion industry i've been designing specifically well first in women's wear but i also Mm -hmm. have designed in boys clothing and men's wear Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm in a transition of going into art direction, branding, and UX design. And me, I'm just I'm just a, t- a regular fine artist. <laughs> yeah. And I've I've had my boss with um going within the industry with graphic design mm-hmm. and painting because of the pushback on like black creative representation. I think I had a conversation a while back with Tough Talks, which I may have to invite you onto. It's a forum where where we're we're trying to amplify Black voices. It's open to everyone, um, also white people, but more so for white people to sort of just listen to us. I think the talk that I was a part of was amplifying Black artists' voices. We were speaking about our experiences as visual artists within the, especially the gallery space. The gallery Mm -hmm. space is one of the toughest spaces to to go into as a visual artist, most of the time, these artists are paying for their spots on the wall. They're paying yeah. for their mm-hmm. art to be on the wall. Now, yeah. if you want to go into a, a really popular gallery, you have to come with the big bucks. And we were thinking about that, especially being Black people and Black artists, that we're creating really amazing pieces, but we're not mm-hmm. being seen or heard within dominantly rich and white spaces. And also, we don't fall under the economical status and ladder to even get our work shown in there, which kind of like brings me to the topic of fitting into this entire capitalist world, especially being a person of color and especially mm-hmm. being someone that um, that doesn't process with the mentality of I want to be rich. I mean, to be fully honest, the fashion industry is not as glamour like you know I mean I'm sure more a lot of people have said this already the fashion industry is not as glamorous as it is portrayed Mm -hmm. um and I think at least for my career I can't speak for anyone else's career but I've just Mm -hmm. made conscious decisions of like who to work for and how long I even wanted to stay in those spaces you Mm know um I've been lucky, like, because, you know, besides design, like, I've been in retail, I did production, I've done a lot of different things within the fashion industry, mm-hmm. um, and I've been lucky enough to have a lot of my bosses be either women or people of color, which is mm. not something a lot of people can say. I think I've True. only had one real job where my boss was a white man, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then his boss was another white person um you know and I think at least in my trajectory I've been lucky enough to have 
people who vouched for me, who fought for me, who said, hey, you know, Karen works hard. She deserves to get paid more. And Mm -hmm. I've also had, but I've also had bosses that, you know, like, um, took advantage of my talents and Mm -hmm. uh, my generosity and, and my creativity. So I really think... In all honesty, I can't. My nav, my way of navigation has been both unique, but also I, I still tripped up, you know, because yeah. I yeah. had to learn how to vouch for myself. I had to learn how to fight for myself. You know, mm-hmm. not not every boss is gonna fight for you. Not That's every boss is gonna say, pay her more, and not every yeah. boss is gonna recognize that like, um, that what you have to offer is actually worth more than what they're giving you in return so um I think for me it's about being able to make conscious decisions like being real about it you know like I've chosen to work for companies that show diversity in their work you know Mm -hmm. I don't I can't vouch for like it's throughout the whole company you know yeah um like in terms of like leadership or the structure but I can mm-hmm. say that brands that that's what they portray. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them really believed in it and really do it yeah. and really are run by people of color and people who have a vision and are talented and are capable. But then there's mm-hmm. other places that I've worked at um, where it's like, you know, you get your boss is someone who is, um, to be fully frank, mediocre. It's like, how did you get this job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm smarter. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to put down anyone, but like, you know, I think when you're a person of color, if mm-hmm. you're an, Im- or even an immigrant, or just anyone mm-hmm. who's considered the underdog, you yeah. have to work 10 times harder than anybody else. And, yes, absolutely. And you see other people, your counterparts, that aren't a reflection of you or even part of your community or like even as, like associated in the sense that like they claim to be an ally but don't actually have uh, people in their community that reflect it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's like how are you getting paid more than me and I have more experience than you? And I yeah. work harder than you. And I've done more than you. I worked for a few companies um, doing graphic design and um, photography and all of that. And I was the same with you. I was blessed to work with women like, and women yeah. of color. Like mm-hmm. I worked with a couple of startup companies in my early 20s. I was blessed to be around a lot more very conscious artists produce conscious work on top of which were black indigenous people of color too mm-hmm. like and sharing in that space um of people who were very conscious only amplified my consciousness but and, and yeah. especially at that age too I was younger I was navigating the art the art world in New York you know mm-hmm. trying to find my foot in trying to find my niche because although I did photography I did more event photography I didn't do personal work I didn't produce mm-hmm. a lot of personal work around that time and I focus more so on events, they help me yeah. find my voice onto what I create now, which is Black feminist art that amplifies the Black feminist voice, the Black female yeah. beauty. I've worked with artists that were, that produced 
recyclable fins. So they were conscious about climate change. I worked with artists that produce works from protest art. And I've worked with other artists that just wanted to bring out the the Black and Spanish voices of New York. So I was blessed to be in rooms with people like that, which also yeah. brings me to a space where, okay, I found my voice as a visual artist. Now, how do I navigate the entrepreneur world while still yeah. holding on to my values as being a very conscious person in general? How are you now navigating? Because I think you're you're in the in the midst of changing careers, so to speak. Do you want to speak a little bit on that? Sure. I mean, I think for me, like, um, I mean, I love fashion. I still have uh, interest in it. Um, but I think I'm in a, more of a space where I am trying to combine my values and my politics with my work mm-hmm. more so. And before my uh, my my previous strategy was to do it within the system get Mm -hmm. in and turn it upside down Mm -hmm. but you know it takes a lot of time and you kind of have have a lot of power to do that yeah yeah so if you're trying to like go into someone's corporation and be like i'm gonna change everything it's Mm -hmm. like you know it, it takes a lot of time um but i'm kind of in this place now uh where i'm trying to like with combining my values and my politics with my my commercial art, mm-hmm. um, I'm really looking into working in UX, which is really, you know, now that I'm learning more about it, I'm probably in like week four of an online course right now. Um, and it's like super, super interesting how it's all about our differences. It's all about understanding our biases. It's all about recognizing all these things that on a daily basis we don't think about mm-hmm. and designing around those things so that mm-hmm. you can cater to the world really and mm-hmm. to people of different backgrounds whether it's different abilities different age different race different um socioeconomic backgrounds like some places people can afford a phone but they can't afford a, a computer so you have to design around mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um and it's like super interesting because you're really thinking about the end user. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the work that I've been doing between uh, fashion and even like um, my side hustle CXP, my mm-hmm. whole focus has been all about creating a equity and creating a playing field for people of color and immigrants that are entrepreneurs, that are uh, business owners, that, mm-hmm. you know, like, we don't always have all the same resources that our white counterparts have, mm-hmm. you know, like, they could have okay products and have all the money in the world to brand it, and mm-hmm. people will buy it. And we yeah. could have the best product, but not have the resources to brand it. And therefore, no one really pays attention to what we're selling or creating. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that's kind of my take on how do I make a conscious or how do I create consciously is like me bringing together all of the skills that I've honed on in these years and mm-hmm. and working for hopefully and hopefully in um an industry that and and a segment of the industry that's really focused on promoting those values and systems. 
Because I think that the, the only the only differences between you and I is I'm more independent and you're mm-hmm. work, worked more so with uh, with companies who have mm-hmm. their own ideology, pretty much have their own value system. I'm currently reading Conscious Capitalist. One um, mention in the book that kind of stuck to me and it says um, customers need to be treated as an ends, not just as a means to profit for the business. Means to ends profit businesses do not have the same level of empathy, commitment to service, and understanding of, to customers' needs as an mm-hmm. ends to means profit business. And I'm like, that is so true. My other um, line of work is within the childcare industry. And the childcare industry already brings its own value system, which is community-based. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're, you're working with families. So it's not really about the the means at all either. <laughs> you know, it's more about the ends than anything. You know, about yeah. making sure that this child is is, is alive. <laughs> you know, like yeah, we're totally. all working as a, as a team to make sure this child gets everything that the child needs. So working working with companies that don't necessarily have a physical child, but their child is what they're producing, their services and their product, that's kind of what drew me away from working with companies as a graphic mm-hmm. designer because of that doubt of them being about produce, not only producing good work, but more so treating as if they're humans and not machines, like even mm-hmm. being conscious to that um, in that sense, that, that is just the mental health sense of, of, of being conscious because I'm like, I, we're in a system that does the, this 40 hour plus works uh, a week and an hour a week to grind, 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 grind. And my value system and the person I am, I don't work on grinding like that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just grind out work just to make, make ends meet. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. that's what kind of pushed me away from working with companies and started to become more independent because now I mm-hmm. can work at my flow and sustain my mental health to be able to produce a lot more for, for myself as a visual artist and also produce and also have energy for the child and the children in my care. You yeah. know, working with companies, have you found it difficult to even like maintain your your mental health? Totally. I mean, it's, it's, to, it's a challenge to work. I mean, honestly, in all honesty, like, um, this is something I've been thinking, you know, for a long time, I've, I've wanted to have my own business. Mm-hmm. But then when the pandemic hit, and being a firsthand witness to how a small business functions during a situation like this, it's mm-hmm. kind of ha- gotten me second guessing, like how invested I am in the idea of running my own businesses. It's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. there's stress, there's stresses in both aspects. Um, working, I've worked in large companies medium-sized companies startups and small businesses and like Mm -hmm. people who don't have any employees aside from me Mm -hmm. you know like I've Mm -hmm. I've worked across the board like all types of companies and I think in many different ways it's not just about the company itself it's about the people who are working in there and what they promote as a value system in order for it to trickle down into you so that you do care for yourself and you do create space for those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked at a startup 
and it was a, a cool experience just because it was different for me. Uh, but in that sense, we were working a lot. Like, because there was less people on the company, less people on the team, you're working a lot harder. So you're looking at like 10 hours a day, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, we got cars to go home, we got lunch, you know, things we get, you know, dinner was paid for, mm -hmm. and things like that. And there was, in a sense, they were, they were um, compensating. Mm -hmm. And, but ultimately, it was up to me, or hopefully my manager to stand up and say, hey, like, we've been doing X amount of hours every day this week, like, I think one day a week, we should leave early. You know, like someone, someone in a leadership role should have been pushing that, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the challenge with these companies is that when you're working with a company where everyone's under pressure, they're, yeah. unless people are conscious of like how it's affecting their team and affecting their productivity, they don't mm -hmm. do anything about it. They don't do anything about it until it's too late. Yeah. And yeah. As a person who tends, who hasn't had a lot of those leadership roles, I tend to be more of a, you know, like a supportive role. I'm like second in command kind of person. Um, mm -hmm. Not because I want to, but just that's where I was at the time. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you don't have, you can, you can say something about it, but mm -hmm. if someone else is your boss and is above you, it's kind of challenging to like, be, unless you yeah. really just be like f you i'm going home like i've been yeah, here too exactly. long already you know what i mean like yeah. so i think that's something i had to learn for myself is that like no one else is going to vouch for you so you got to vouch for yourself whether it's for your mental health or for your financial financial health like mm -hmm. and um it's up to you to make those decisions because people will take advantage of you if they know that they can say stuff to you or or push you, kind of put you in a corner where like, oh, well, she needs this job, <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of yeah. thing, well, you know? That's when you change. Even yeah. within the childcare industry is similar. It's like I felt the pressures mm -hmm. of knowing that my role in society is not seen as a valuable or, or intent, like I'm not a doctor, you know what I mean? I don't have that title as a doctor. So that mm -hmm. I had to personally start seeing the value within what I do and what I give to families. Mm -hmm. I had to see the value in that to be able to step up and ask for more, whether it's yeah. more pay or time off or just even respect. I had to draw up my own confidence to ask for that based on seeing that my work is just as valuable as the work these, these people do. Like I've also had to be conscious about the families that I chose to work for. Because mm -hmm. one, I didn't want to work for a, a, a very uppity who have a privilege. Yeah, like yeah, a privilege. Yeah, family, that point of a privilege, who have money, who don't really see the people that, that produce service for them and put them to, keep, to pretty much keep their households and families together. They yeah, don't show them respect, you know? So I made, it mm -hmm. a, I made a conscious decision to not work for families in that sense because, like you said, with the going into a business, and going into a company that has a value system that doesn't align with yours and trying mm -hmm. to shake things up may not work out at the end. The way I started to navigate it was, all right, I have to work on my confidence and work on valuing my job so that other yeah. people can value my position in their life. And also like come from a place of authority because 
I don't work for a company. I work for myself. I am the yeah. business. You know, I'm the mm -hmm. face. I'm the brand. Like I'm wearing all the hats here. I'm the employee. I'm the boss. I'm the you know all of this. Yeah. I'm the I'm the financial like department. I'm the uh, HR. So I have to come to my to me to kind of compartmentalize all of the the roles that I play within myself. The independent contractor, independent mm -hmm. worker, to be able to ask for what I want and deserve. You know. Yeah. It, it didn't come by night. It took a lot of work, but I, I made sure to to first start doing that with families that I, I know res come from a space of consciousness. So I was happy. I was lucky enough to work with this family that allowed me to input, that allowed me to, that welcomed my voice as a person that's helping them keep their family system together, you know. I totally agree with you. But like, that's the thing. It's like, I think that's the hardest thing about being a creative that is conscious and trying to work whether you're within the system or out of the system meaning like trying to be in corporate America and you know fight against the grain within the system or outside of it like yourself which is like being independent no matter mm -hmm. what you have to vouch for yourself that's yeah. the most important thing if you don't know how to say hey like I'm doing x y and z why are you treating me this way Mm -hmm. or why are you not giving me this like oh no I need a day off or I need mm -hmm. this like if you don't say those things for you then it'll never happen if you don't ask yeah. for your want you're not going to get what you want and it that's sounds... something that took me a long time to learn mm -hmm. because I was brought up on the idea that oh if you work hard people will see it and they'll promote you and give you money <laughs> you know and like and you will gain their trust and you will earn their you know earn more you know like it's exactly. like it's, it's based off of that old school American dream of like mm -hmm. if you work hard you're gonna and you're gonna be successful exactly. and the thing is this is that those the people who see you working hard are they're they're not gonna promote you or give you anything unless you ask for it because they're like hey like I'm just gonna keep using her as much as I can Exactly. Um, because I'm benefiting. That's all that matters, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's really about speaking for yourself and setting boundaries. And yeah, I think that's just as conscious as being conscious of your values and yeah. conscious of your politics. It's like, it's also being conscious of what you as a human being, as an individual need and mm -hmm. knowing that you have just as much, you know, maybe you don't have a title, maybe you don't have uh, you're not a, in a position of power, but if they're mm -hmm. relying on you and you are a source of their success, like mm -hmm. they can't do what they do without you, then you have, yeah. you have power too. It's exactly. a different kind of power, but it's a power nonetheless. And you have exactly. to make sure that it's seen and heard. Yep, exactly. Even within like childcare, being like a nanny and a babysitter and all of that, like like the daycare system is a little bit different because it's a business in its own that has a set of rules and a set of value system that the family has to abide by. I want to get to that level. So where I could create the atmosphere that I want instead of mm -hmm. going into other people's houses, similar yeah. to you going into other people's office space and trying mm -hmm. to rock the boat. I rather created, the conscious creator, create that space for myself where the families could come and I'll be able to provide service for them, which is mm -hmm. being the person, the power, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, this whole pandemic, um, it really like lit a fire up my ass about creating a space for myself instead of 
continually begging for space, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm just going to create my own space because yeah. I've always done it anyway. I've always been an independent contractor for different businesses doing graphic and graphic stuff and photography, you know? So I'm like, I continue to do that now, but as a business owner, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's why I started CXP, you know, like I knew that, you know, I was going to, I was always going to have, or not always, but I knew that I was going to continue working uh, within like a company to, you know, obviously to maintain personal livelihood and finances, but Mm -hmm. I wanted an outlet that allowed me to fully express um, my interests what Mm -hmm. things the things that were important to me the things that I found value in and I wanted to contribute to community I wanted to contribute to my people and the only way I could do that was like well if I can't do it at work I'm going to do it on my own on the side and I'm going to provide my services um, because I'm capable of doing a lot of the things that I do I could do for a corporation and get paid tons of money for but why am I going to do it there? You know, like if I'm going to do it there for like, for like their brand or whatever, then mm-hmm. at home, I can do it for other people that I care about, like the brands that matter to me, like people who are doing something for their, their community, you know, mm-hmm. like, and that's why, I, you know, like working at, working at CXP for me is my art. You know, it's not it's not mm-hmm. art in the sense like I'm creating a product that has a feeling or a specific point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, it has those things, but it's not really about me. Yeah, it's yeah, a, no, it's more it service. Yeah, it's about me helping other people, and mm-hmm. I think that's my art. And my art is helping people because I realize, like, at least for myself, is like you know, I have a point of view and yeah, like I have art too that I do myself, but it's really just for me. It's not for anyone else. I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to sell it. I'm not trying to be famous or anything on it. It's just stuff Mm -hmm. that I do because I enjoy it. But when I help other people build their brands, whether it's like telling their story with photos or like designing their website or Mm -hmm. helping them find ways to communicate to their customers more clearly, like Mm -hmm. that to me is my art because not only am I doing something good for someone else, I'm mm-hmm. doing something good for the whole community. I'm showing them like, hey, like this brand, this company, this this one thing that's owned by a woman or a person of color or a disabled person or whatever, like mm-hmm. they can they can compete, you know, mm-hmm. with all these other people who have money to just throw away and have someone else do it for them. Yeah. you know but I'm coming yeah. in and I'm like hey like you know I'm not going to charge you what that other person's going to charge you but mm-hmm. I'm going to give you at at the least as as best possible outcome best possible work that I can give you that mm-hmm. allows you to compete yeah because you deserve to be seen and heard too and the only thing holding you back is resources to to do branding most of the mm-hmm. time well, uh, most of all like a better service where you're not like ignored and treated as if you're just like a product you know yeah. that's kind of how I move within my childcare world because I'm just like this job is not just a job for me to make money this job is mm-hmm. a passion for me taking care of children has in the years become a, a great passion for me my service 
has a lot to do with the world that we live in. The way we raise our children has a lot to, to, to do with the future of the world that we all live in. Similar to you in providing a service for these brands who are very conscious and are very about their community, that has a lot to do with the future of the world that we live in as well. For me, when I started Wise Child, I'm like, I want to be able to make, to create affordable childcare for the community because I know how, how expensive childcare can be. Mm-hmm. So I understand that too. But at the same time, it's not, it's not given room to provide childcare for people who cannot afford childcare, but also need it. So yeah. like, I'm still navigating that part, part of it because I haven't officially opened the daycare yet, but yeah. I'm navigating that part of it. And also even, even with in conversation with my therapist about like my relationship with money, because my relationship mm-hmm. with money will allow me to, uh, to see how much I also need to pay myself mm-hmm. within the work that I do and also what to charge the my clients and, and my family as well. Yeah. I mean, no, I think that's a, another challenging part too, is like, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes I feel like being someone who wants to to create for our community means mm-hmm. you have to cut your paycheck. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So if if your if your livelihood is reliant on being self-employed and creating affordable, you know, for you, childcare, for me, affordable branding and uh, Mm -hmm. art direction. Um, It kind of hinders you from being able to, I'm not saying you can't make enough money to support yourself, but you got to take on more jobs to support yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You're working harder instead of smarter. You're working harder instead of smarter. And um, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I like, that's the one thing about working for myself and uh, paying myself is challenging is that it's almost, it's almost like if you want to be a community leader, if you want to support your community, it's like, it's not, it's exclusive. Like to, you know, that you're supposed to take a little cut, a pay cut, you know, because, Mm -hmm. and like, I hate that. I hate that idea because it's like, well, how do you balance those two worlds? And that's why I do what I do now, which is like, okay, well, I'm going to work part of the time in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And then my passion, passion work, the work that I actually really, really, really care about, mm-hmm. I'll do on the side. Because for me, yeah. it's like, I'm not worrying about my pay. It's like, it's extra money for me, in, in fact, to just do the side work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it allows me to still do what I want to do, which is help people versus yeah. working for like, you know, a main job where it's like, okay, like that pays the bills and all that stuff, you know? And yeah, that's kind exactly. of like how I've, at least for myself, that's how I've structured it. But I mm-hmm. also understand what you're saying about creating space and time for yourself. And that's where it's, it, that's where it gets stuck. It's like, okay, well now I'm working to technically working two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. I have time when I get home to rest? Do I have time to like work out? Mm-hmm. so yeah exactly. I mean these are these are all things that I feel like you have to consider um consider as a small business owner you know yeah. it's like you're gonna need an eventually and eventually you're gonna have to hire people to support you and your exactly. venture because you can't be the only child care provider in the company yeah I can't like yeah. I mean you can I, keep I'm, all I'm the money for yourself that. which is awesome but like, exactly it's great <laughs> you're like, like doing all the work 
yeah <laughs> but then you're also doing all the work and ha- handling all the stress yeah so. and I don't want that I shouldn't have to stress myself to get where I want to go and mm-hmm. it's going to happen because I want it to happen and it doesn't matter if it's happening in a slow pace it's going yeah. to happen because it's my dream and I'm not going to let go of it yeah. and not only is it my dream it's my purpose this is what fulfills me like I don't there's not a day unless I'm dealing with my own personal mental health that mm-hmm. I ever have a bad day at work. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about doing what you love, you know? Yeah. And like, I think for me, um, at least right now, it's like there is a sense of love that I have. Mm-hmm. But you know that idea when it's like you love your family, but sometimes you hate them too. You like don't mm-hmm. necessarily like them. Like sometimes yeah. that's how I feel about my career. It's like I love my career in the sense that I I love the fantasy and the process and the craftsmanship that goes into mm-hmm. designing mm-hmm. and making clothing. Yeah. But I hate all the bullshit that goes along with it. You know, it's yes. like, <laughs> oh, like now I got to navigate fashion week and all these other mm-hmm. efforts that think they're so cool because they work at so-and-so mm-hmm. and they don't even know the stuff that they're making is garbage compared to what I'm making, which is, yeah, yeah. it's like not known, but it's like beautiful quality, beautiful exactly. fabric, beautiful everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's like I don't know it's almost like there's a price to give into to and it's like how do I have it all how do I make beautiful (laughs) high quality art that like I really really love make enough Mm -hmm. money so that I can support myself and then have a little extra to like treat myself Mm -hmm. and you know and how do I still remain like a good person who com- yeah. contributes to culture, contributes to community, and contributes mm-hmm. to everyone else. And yeah. it's like, un- and the and the truth is this, is that the system needs to start over. We need a new system. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really me. It's not you. It's not the people in it. It's the system that needs to be dismantled it, and started over. It has to be. I need to be able to work and be happy doing my job instead mm-hmm. of feeling as if I'm a slave to the system in a sense. Um, although the system does need to change completely, if people start processing in a very conscious way, I feel like it's going to force the, the system to change anyway. Yeah, the good thing is that right now, that's, you know, I hate to say it, it's on trend. Um, yeah. So every fucking company that is capitalist and who has ever done anything that's like anti-gay, anti, you know, whatever, like they're trying to change out their tune because they know that like mm-hmm. what's selling right now is diversity mm-hmm. you know and exactly. and being open-minded and empowering people of different backgrounds and abilities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatever you know and that's why I keep saying it they're so fucking late it makes me so mad because yeah, I feel like yeah. Yeah. you know we've all it's not like you know right now is the time where all of this stuff is happening where like it's okay to be this it's okay to be that and we're gonna Mm -hmm. promote it as the market part of the marketing you know Mm -hmm. but what I don't understand is how you know why did we wait this long to make it a thing if it's already been in people's minds yeah it's nothing new either people have been posting for this for days and decades and years but as far as the social aspect of consciousness, I feel like mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's, it's too late, but I'm still happy. I'm like, finally, yeah. you guys have your eyes open to this nonsense. Yeah. Fine. Nalee, I'm happy we're have... all here. <laughs> but yeah. And I'm like, I'm like they, we still have a long way to go because so certain people want to hang on to mm-hmm. how things used to be. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you definitely. know, but I'm happy. That... Yeah. And they still think that they, they can take it back i mean think about that QAnon thing that went to the white house oh yeah, oh, yeah. or whatever oh, the heck God. they tell it they stupid i, I mean i'm um, sorry y'all y'all are stupid if you guys are listening <laughs> to this y'all are stupid like Absolutely. literally but like, um i don't know yeah but so you know because i mean you already know you and i would stay here for like three hours chatting but to yeah. wrap up this um, what are like your hopes for the future for yourself personally and also like this entire system that we live in? <laughs> well, I already told you I want an island. <laughs> I want an island, a self-created island, self-governed. <laughs> I want to pick the people living on it. And mm-hmm. y'all gonna be diverse, okay? It's not gonna be just like all people of color, all this, mm-hmm. all that. We're gonna be all mixed, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And um, you know, we're just gonna do what we wanna do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds really ridiculous, but that's what I mm-hmm. fucking want. You know, like sometimes I don't even want to. I don't even want to like comply to society or comply to these things. I do it because <laughs> you know we live in it, and you know, for me, at least in my for my personal, um, my personal story is like you know I'm you know I have my family, and I you know we rely on each other to support each other, so that's part of the reason why I stay within the corporate structure is mm-hmm. to create financial stability for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal is that I can attain and create generational wealth mm-hmm. for my family Yeah. so that, you know, the next generation doesn't have to work as hard as my mom did or how yeah. my dad did or how hard that I've been working. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can really like take hopefully my future you know grandchildren children whatever you want to call it, nieces nephews um are conscious enough to take that generational wealth and put it to good use to help help mm-hmm. the world not just themselves that's yeah. what I, that's what I hope for my future and that's yeah. the that's the more serious side not the island yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, because I'm similar. I'm like, I just want to go into an island. Like, like, where's Johnny Depp and his island? Because what is he doing with it? Like, we need to borrow his dude, island real quick. I'm gonna tell but... him, like, okay, when you die, <laughs> that's my family. Yeah, when just give, die, give us, give us your island. When you pass you should bequeath your island <laughs> to all the people you have ever done wrong to. Exactly. If we are people who never benefited because we didn't have whiteness on our side or whatever Mm -hmm. you had, Mm -hmm. those people should get the island. (laughs) Honestly. But yeah, same same with me, man. I'm like, for me, of course, I mean, you you know this personally. I'm like, I just want to save all of the children of the world and all Mm -hmm. the families from this generational trauma nonsense. Like, we need to get off of it. And but that's how I want to change the system that we live in is, you know, to not continue to like perpetuate the, the ways of trauma. So continuing like to educate people, spread awareness 
and also open the minds of people, especially in my world who are not used to hearing these things because we all grew up in that old school mentality. We're all coming out of it now. That's sort of where I'm at when it comes down to living a very conscious life. But thank you so much, Karen, for being here, for having this conversation with me. And obviously we're going to have more conversations yeah. on this podcast of mine. And I'll talk Thanks to you soon. Me. No right, problem. Bye. So to round up this episode, I'm just going to leave you guys with a simple quote from John E. Mackey from the book Conscious Capitalism. He says, resources are limited. Creativity is unlimited. This resonates with me because like I said in the beginning of the podcast, that although I'm not getting monetized for everything I create, The ability to create without force is just magnificent. And I have to rely on my gift and my talent and my skill all the time, even to get me out of the most shittiest of positions, the most shittiest of moods. I can create unlimitedly. I have a lot of creations that a lot of people have not seen. I'm blessed with unlimited amount of ideas and the courage to bring my ideas into some form of fruition. And I'll continue to create until the day I transition. And with that, I have to rest easy. I have to find peace and rejoice within all of the moments in which I still have breath in my lungs and ideas in my brain to continue to create. I'm a human just like everyone else is. Yes, I create and I do things in my own way, but my own way does not make it more important than someone else's way. And as I choose to create, I also want to be able to live consciously. I want to be conscious of the earth that I live in. I want to be conscious of the people that live on this earth with me. I want to be conscious of how we treat each other. I want to be conscious of just just about anything that needs me to be conscious of it. Because we live in this world where they've made money and power, the idea of power be one that is so is so addictive that humans are willing to do whatever it takes to feel some sense of importance and to feel some sense of power whether it's to abuse and take advantage of the earth that gives us breath every day or the people that live next door from us, even those who live under the same roof of us. I don't want to be a creator or an entrepreneur who does not walk in a line of consciousness. So I don't believe in the way this capitalist world has been exercised I do believe there's a way to do it very consciously. So live true and be conscious.
Thank you so much for listening and sharing space with me today. And remember to take care of yourself and your mental health because you all deserve it.